Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right-brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. Welcome back to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I am so excited for today to introduce y'all to one of my recently new friends in, in, in the last year, Leslie Kerrigan. And Leslie is a high school senior photographer. Um, she hails from Greenville, South Carolina, and she has created a program and she's an educator at seniorology.com. This, this program is a resource for all things senior photography. So if you are a senior photographer, you are in the right place today. Hi, Leslie for having me. I'm super excited. Yay, me too. Leslie and I met about six months ago in a uh, coaching program and really hit it off. I love what she's putting out into our community and what she's doing for senior photographers. So Leslie, like right out of the gate, I, I don't know this about you and I want to know what was your life like before Leslie Kerrigan photography, before seniorology? Because you've been doing this full time for 10 years, correct? Oh gosh, probably more like 12, but yes, for a long time. <laughs> so what did life look like before you were this wildly successful photographer? <laughs> um, oh gosh, how far you want to go? <laughs> um, I grew up in a very tiny town in South Carolina. I went to the University of South Carolina, go Gamecocks, which my child who is a senior is going to next year. And I'm super, super proud. And in college, I actually picked my major solely on the fact that I did not have to take math. So therefore, I was a journalism major. So that was the one thing that you didn't have to take math for. And so I picked it. And it actually ended up really being a great um, a major for me. Um, people ask me all the time, did you take photography in college? And I always chuckle because I'm really old. And back in my day, it was film. And the professor was like this really creepy old man who <laughs> was mean. And all I wanted to do was have fun in college. So I was like, yeah, no, I'll pass. So I never had photography on the radar. I was going to be a public relations girl. That's what I, you know, planned on doing. And I actually did um, some event planning out of college and wrote newsletters for a hospital. Um, so I've had many, many careers, but I did always like taking photos. I just never had any any formal training in it whatsoever. So then, <laughs> funny story, Taylor, you'll think this is funny, but so an ex-boyfriend of mine lived in Colorado. And so I used to go to Colorado all the time, which is where, you know, you are like located. And I thought I'd try my hand at landscape photography because Colorado is <laughs> right? And I literally wasted so many rolls of film. It's not even funny. And like, <laughs> It was horrible. So I gave it up for a while and then kept trying to do the PR thing and 
then had kids and like many people listening, the bug hit again. I needed cute photos of my children. And so I was determined the next time around to take photos of people instead of landscapes and the rest is history. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that story. And you know what? Like I've tried to do landscape. Mike loves landscape photography. I can only do landscape if there's people for me to put in it. So it is, it's, it's its own beast. I'm like, you give me a couple or a person and I know exactly what to do with this scene. But if I don't have people, otherwise, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm so glad that you made a comeback after landscape photography. (laughs) (laughs) So did you, did you jump right into senior photography? You said you did some event planning and I feel like a lot of photographers, like at the beginning, we're all over the place, right? But did you go straight into senior photography or where where did you kind of get started other than photographing your beautiful newborn babies? Yes. So I started with kids. I practiced on my children. At the time, I had a two-year-old and a newborn. So they were my subjects. And I taught myself through Google and even, oh gosh, um, this person is super famous now, but not for photography. But do you know the pioneer woman? Oh, stop it. Yes, Wait, that's like our that's our guilty pleasure is watching her cooking channel on days yes. where we're having a really rough day. Yes, so she used to actually have a blog that taught you how to use your camera, and I no legitimately way. would read the blog all like all the time and like learn how to pose and da 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 because she was writing these very informative blog posts back in the day, and I would practice it on my kids, and then of course, like many people, because I had kids, I kind of got kid clients because, you know, my friends had kids the same age. So no, I didn't immediately start in seniors. I did a little bit of everything. I mean, kids, newborns, weddings. I second shot a whole bunch of weddings. And I did, I did shoot a few of my own weddings, but I quickly realized that was not my favorite thing. I, I do love the, I love the bride, but after that, I'm over it. <laughs> you needed a crazy level of energy to really love wedding photography. So why, why seniors then? Because there's, I feel like there's two camps with senior photography, people who are like, I don't know how to interact with this age uh-huh. group. And then there's people who thrive with the teenage years. Like, what is it about seniors that you're so passionate about? Because now, now you have high school, high school aged kids. And mm-hmm. so it makes sense now, but 10 years ago, it right. wouldn't have made sense. No, and I didn't. I mean, you know, when I started, when I decided I want to do senior photography, I mean, my senior clients were babysitters for my children because they were young. So I I mean, that's how I found a babysitter, right? And some of my absolute favorite babysitters were my clients first. But I am one of these people who I don't love competition. And if I can figure out a way to separate myself Therefore, I feel like I'm not competing, even though, yeah, there's a thousand million photographers in town. No one is just doing seniors. And so I thought, okay, maybe if I just do seniors, then I don't have to get my feelings hurt if so-and-so goes to this other photographer for her wedding and her baby and this, that, and the other, right? Like legitimately, it was a selfish thing, but it was my mindset and it really helped me not cry every day if somebody <laughs> Been there. I mean, honestly. So part of it was that. Part of it is I have two boys and I never get the girly aspect. And I'm extremely girly. Like I love to shop. I love to 
talk about boys. I love to do all those things. So I really thrive in that environment, getting to know these girls and talking to them and being sort of their, I mean, when I started, I was more like a big sister and now I'm flat out their mother's age. So, <laughs> But you, you just went prom dress shopping with, with yeah. one of your high school senior girls. Yeah. You're like, I don't get this experience with my boys. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, so it was kind of twofold. I liked the genre. I like the girly side that senior photography can provide because they're definitely into, you know, what they wear and they like having their photo taken and that kind of thing that drew me to that. But then also just the simple fact that there was zero, zero senior market in my area at the time I started. And so it allowed me to carve out my own area and not necessarily have to compete with the other photographers in town. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, somebody might hire somebody else for their senior photos, but nobody's truly dedicated to seniors like me. So just for my own sanity, it just worked out better. And then it just took off from there. So um, I guess it was meant to be. (laughs) Okay, so I want to expand on this because in my Launch to Livelihood course that I have created for photographers, For me and my beliefs, the number one way or like one of the pillars of having a successful photography business and really launching into this, like scaling to six figures or five figures, whatever it is that you want, you have to find your niche. And Mm -hmm. so you filled a niche that wasn't there. What? And this was before I feel like really businesses, because like 10 years ago is whenever I started shooting full time Mm -hmm. and businesses weren't preaching on serving one group of people in one niche. So 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whenever you started this, what, what, like what limiting beliefs did you have either about yourself, about the industry, about culture that like influenced your decision? Cause it's a really hard decision to niche down in this day and age when everybody's talking about it. So what, like what, what beliefs did you have to overcome? Well, you know, I'm probably a, a strange bird in the fact that I just don't, think about it. And I jump in with both feet. So I didn't allow myself time to have a fear because if I had, I never would have done it. So I just jumped in and ignored any sort of fear I might have, because if I had listened to it or even entertained it for a second, I wouldn't have done it. And I had, I had friends in different parts of the country. So I knew kind of a little bit about senior photography. And I thought, you know, if it's happening in Kansas, why can't it happen in South Carolina? So I just said, you know what, I'm just going to do it and hope for the best. Um, so I, I, I guess I didn't really worry so much about it. And I knew I didn't like the other genres really. Like I didn't get crazy excited about going to shoot a newborn. They freak me out. I can't do it. (laughs) I mean, you know, the patience you need, I don't have very much patience. (laughs) So, you know, I guess it was a little bit of knowing that, okay, I know I'm not going to do weddings because you know, at the time I had young kids, they played sports on Saturdays. I refused to spend my entire Saturday missing out on stuff. I knew I wasn't really a newborn photographer. I did still dabble in families here and there. But I mean, another crazy story that just led me to where I am is I used to get hired by this. Um, so in my town, there's a certain area of town where it's like an old part of town where they tear down houses and redo them. And it's like a kind of a cult. Okay. Like if you live in this area of town, so I used to get hired by one and then all 
25 of their friends would come to me. But then if one of those 25 went to another photographer for their family, then all 25 would follow that person. So I was like, okay, I got to get away from families because every time one in this certain area goes to another photographer, then I lose all that business. Well, seniors only come to you once anyway, typically. I mean, granted, if they have a sibling or something like that, sure, but they're not coming to me over and over again. So I can get the genre I like. They have fun at a photo shoot. I don't get my feelings hurt when they move on to something else. (laughs) This was a win-win, right? Like it just worked. It was all a means of self-preservation. That's what you were. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So obviously the senior photography business took off for you and then you birthed seniorology. And yeah. I'm so excited to hear about the roots of seniorology because I don't think that there were that many people educating photographers on launching a photographer. Or I don't, I still don't think that there are a lot of photographers who focus on creating the safe space for people to learn about senior photography. So so share with us about where seniorology, I love the name. I love the brand that you've built around this and the community you're building around it. How, how did you, how did this birth happen? So honestly, it came about almost simultaneously with me deciding I wanted to focus on seniors. At the time, I, again, we go back to my journalism background. I can somewhat write, right? So at the time I was writing and interviewing photographers for a photography blog. It wasn't seniors only. It it was for every, any kind of whatever. And the person that owned the blog had hired me to interview photographers, write a blog post. And so I was like, huh, I was like, this kind of marries my two things, right? I love journalism. I love the who, what, when, and where. I love asking questions. I mean, in a former life, I should have had my own talk show, but I didn't want to leave South Carolina. So there, there you <laughs> Fair. go. Fair enough. Anyway, so there's nothing like this for seniors, right? And at the time I was trying to learn senior photography. So again, it was a win-win. I could interview these people learn a little bit, but share what I learned with other people who might be going down the same path as me. So that's where seniorology started. It literally was an interview style blog back that before is so podcasts cool. and YouTube and all the stuff. It was just, remember the day when it was just blog posts, right? And I would showcase other senior photographers and I'd show off their work and I'd ask them, you know, what their favorite thing about senior photography was, what equipment did they use, like things that somebody could learn from. And that kind of took off because there wasn't anything like that. And it was great because I couldn't find the help I wanted when I first started. So I said, why not create it for other people and learn along the way? Um, And then that quickly turned into education because, again, there were actually a lot of people who wanted to learn. And so we had our first workshop within like six months of having the blog. So anyway, that's kind of where it started. I love this. And I know that you just had your retreat because so, so you have the senior semester, the seniorology semester, which is a six month program for senior photographers. And you just had your retreat. So I working with seniors, I want I know you have crazy stories, but the <laughs> first one that pops into my head is a woman just walked up to you and gave you the keys to her mansion, which just like shows the energy that you put off and the people that you're inviting into yeah. your life with seniorology. So aside from a woman handing you the keys to her mansion and saying, here, take photos there and just lock up when you leave. Do you have any crazy stories? Like, I feel like working with teenagers, you have to, especially now that you have your own teenage boys. This is totally off the cuff, but 
I do want to hear. I do want to hear. Yeah, I mean, I would say the craziest story that I have relating to seniors. I have a really good crazy story with families, but that's not what this is. I'll tell you about it later. Anyway, um, but with seniors, I would say moms sometimes not realizing what they're saying to their child. Oh my gosh, I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean, that would be where most crazy stories stem is, you know, a mom critiquing her child and probably not consciously realizing that's what she's doing, but making me, the photographer, so uncomfortable. The one time that it was really bad, I happened to be lucky enough that my hair and makeup artist was with me on the shoot. And so the hair and makeup artist actually said something to the mother. So I didn't have oh, to. wow. Yeah. But it stopped the mom because, again, I don't think she realized it. I mean, honestly, like, you know, we say stuff sometimes and we just don't quite realize. But you could just tell the poor girl was getting a little uncomfortable. The makeup artist noticed it and just said, you know what? Leslie knows what she's doing. Let's just walk over here for a few minutes and give them some space. And, you know, that kind of stopped it or whatever. But it's like having um, a bouncer with you who yeah, does hair and makeup. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm so glad for Latia doing that. Like, I was just like, oh my God, Latia, thank you so much. Because I was getting stressed and therefore not able to produce the images because I was listening to this instead of concentrating on my senior who I want to feel amazingly beautiful. I mean, that's my goal. So yeah, no, I mean, the, the house thing is crazy too. I mean, that was funny, but um, no real super crazy stories with seniors. Okay. <laughs> I think I just assumed that there would be some wild ones. Um, so Leslie, you, you jumped all in yep. pretty fearlessly. And I want to know, like, at, at what point did you realize that your business had taken on a life of its own? Like, at what point were you like, I'm not running the show anymore? Because your business is thriving. It's it's mm-hmm. totally taken off both sides, both the, the, the senior, the, the spokesmodel teams that you have, the courses you're creating, the photographers you're impacting. Was there a point where you were like, ooh, this thing really has a life of its own and I just get to drive it? You know, early on when I saw that need for an in-person workshop, that was pretty eye-opening. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, these blog posts are actually turning into an event where people can come and learn and actually being able to sell it out. The very first thing I ever put out there was pretty eye-opening. But I also just want to say, just for people listening, it's also gone through very, like, lows, too. It's not... right. It wasn't always a high. I mean, that was great. And then there were a couple of years where some other people started doing kind of something similar. And I probably stepped back because, again, you know, I don't love competition. And so that was kind of a low part for me. But then I had to dig myself out and realize there's enough room for everybody and then put myself back out there. And there's definitely been times where I've sort of kind of let seniorology go a little bit so that I can concentrate on my own senior photography business, because I mean, I am running too, right? So as much as it's been amazing, it has had highs and lows. And I just think that's important to put out there because I just would hate for someone to always think that it has to be great all the time. It doesn't, but if it's, it's how you react to it and how you get yourself out of those lows that can come back with a high. And, you know, luckily I've 
gone through the peaks and valleys. And, you know, right now I'm, I realized, okay, the only way to keep growing seniorology is to go with the punches and, and adjust to nowadays it's not blogs, it's podcasts. So I started a podcast. Like it's just always keeping up with, you know, what the current market needs um, and and really just putting yourself out there. I'll be honest, Taylor, you didn't know me back then, but I used to hide behind seniorology. Like I would never show my face and I would never, um, you know, it was that imposter syndrome of nobody wants to hear from me and nobody wants to learn from me, which is why I interviewed these so-called senior photographers in the beginning, because I just didn't think anybody would care about what I had to say. You know what I mean? So right, right. It's, you know, pushing through those things to get back up to where you want to be. But I would say the first workshop, I will always remember that is, okay, there's a need for this in the market, which helped me. I love that, Leslie. And just to go back to what you were saying about the peaks and valleys, it's so, it's so discouraging to be in the world that we're in. Not discouraging, but like with social media, people only see the tip of the iceberg, which is once you do get comfortable showing up on social media, you're Mm -hmm. smiling, you're like, you know, bopping around with all these cute outfits on and like fake laughing at the camera. And like, I'm totally guilty of it. But nobody sees the shit in the back like when you're crying yourself to sleep right. or you just lost an investment that you made that like didn't pan out or a client contacted you and they were unhappy. Like nobody right. posts that stuff on social media. And so I want to dive deeper into this because the peaks and valleys are so real and they're so short lived. But when you're in the valley, it's like, a deep valley and it feels like it's going to be forever. And then the peaks, like they'd come and go so fast. Mm -hmm. So I, we all kind of have a favorite failure. Mm -hmm. I want to hear about your favorite failure. And I say it with affection because it's typically a failure that we reflect on and we like ourselves, we reflect on repeatedly going, thank God that happened. Like Mm -hmm. I would not be here if this one event this one failure didn't happen. Do you, do you have a favorite failure and what would it be? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, just to be completely truthful and transparent, I have tons of failures. I put stuff out all the time that doesn't pan out. But the key that I think if anybody takes anything away from this statement, it's how you respond to it and how you just move on. That is the most important because I have failed at workshops. I've failed at blog posts. I've failed at podcast episodes. I've failed at lots of stuff, okay? Both with seniorology and with Leslie Kerrigan photography. I mean, there are times where I don't give the best customer service in the world to my clients. That is somewhat of a failure, right? Because I'm, you know, trying to do too many things and all those reasons. But I think my my point is, and I will tell you a favorite in just a second, but I think my point is, is you have to fail. Like you just have to. And if you can't respond Absolutely. to that failure in a positive way and just make yourself move on, that is what will make the difference between someone who is quote unquote successful versus someone who is not. It's how you just brush yourself off. It's like the it's like your kids are small. You have two boys. I guarantee you they fall and skin their knee often as mine did when they were little because they were roughhousing. And if you're a mom like me, you just say, up oh, bud, just brush it off, run along instead of like, oh, 
blah, right? If they brush it off, right. they move on, right? So same thing with failures. I mean, definitely reflect on the failure and definitely allow yourself to feel the feels. I'm not saying that. there, But I give myself a certain amount of time to really just be upset about it. And then I say, you know what? I'm moving on, right? I've got to try something else. And most often, nobody sees your failures but you. Right. Right. And we totally think, especially in this world with everything being on social media, we think that, I don't know about you, but it almost feels like I have an audience following me around, literally like a camera crew that can read my brain. And I'm like, nobody knows what's going on behind this door. Like, I'm just making stuff um, Jim Carrey. It's like the Truman Show. That movie freaked me out. I like literally feel like I have a, I feel like I have like an audience just follows me around and cheers me on and boos me (laughs) from time to time. Okay, so but I, to answer your question, my favorite yes. failure. Okay, so I would have to say my favorite failure is my very first spokesmodel program. And the reason is, is because, again, I jumped in two feet, face first, whatever you want to call it, with no plan whatsoever. And it did fail miserably, like in the grand scheme of how a spokesmodel program is supposed to work. But you know what? And I get to share that with every single student. And exactly. I get to tell them it's okay. Can you share, Leslie, real quick, what a spokesmodel program is for people who aren't super familiar? Yeah. So, and I, I, you know, to be honest, I'm not really sure why it's strictly in senior photography because it probably could work in any photography genre, but it is very popular in the senior photography genre. But basically you have a team of high school seniors. Mine are all girls, but it could be girls and guys, just depending on what your ideal client is, right? Who participate in shoots and things throughout their senior year and help you market your business. So you have almost like this team of I don't want to say employees because they're not, but like interns who help you market your business and are super excited to be a part of your business and share their images and share with their friends. My senior photographer is awesome kind of thing. So that's what a program is. Okay. So the first one that you ever hosted failed. How, how did it fail? What did that look like? Okay. So I, again, I had no plan. So that was number one mistake, right? Like I didn't really fully understand it myself. So it was super hard to get the four models I had to also understand what I was after. So it failed in the sense of they didn't do what I wanted them to do, but I didn't tell them what I wanted them to do. Does that make sense? Totally fair. Yes. So it failed in that respect. It also failed in the fact that I spent a lot of money and didn't get a whole lot of return, so-called return on investment. But let me say that I believe, and this may be a very unpopular opinion, but I believe you can get return on investment in other ways besides money. So now that I'm- That's so powerful. I mean, I do. I believe there are so many non-monetary ways that you can get a return on investment. And when I removed myself from that so-called failure of that first spokesmodel team is when I realized that, you know what, I did get content that I never had before. I got to show exactly the genre I wanted to shoot, which eventually convinced people that I'm a senior photographer and you need to hire me for your senior photos. So it did, I 
that's why it's my favorite failure because yes, on paper, maybe it failed, but I actually got a whole lot out of it. And guess what? I never would have had my second, my third, and now I'm on my 12th senior model oh my gosh. without that first so-called failure. Leslie, I, I love, I love that you say that you got your return on investment because ultimately all money is, is an exchange of energy. And for people who like are, are into the energy world, mm-hmm. it's just an exchange of energy. I'll, I'll give you this if you give me that. And so that is super powerful because yeah, getting an exchange and like, like you said, content is huge, especially whenever you're niching down and trying to communicate specifically what you are doing and offering to a group of people. That's huge. So that was, that was beautifully said. Great work. Hey, thanks girl. <laughs> and I do. So you, you, you had brought up having boys, you have two boys. I have two boys. Um, and we are in the thick of toddlerhood right now. And I was on a call. I, I was on a live coaching call with Mel Robbins and she was talking about how babies, when they fall down, they get up. Like we've heard that analogy like a hundred times, mm-hmm. but they do it a hundred times a day when, when you're watching kids learn how to walk. But what they also do is they will find a mirror or anything with the reflection and they will literally just smile at themselves and they'll mm-hmm. lick their face and they will just like make out with the mirror because they're so obsessed with themselves. And right. like, at what point do we lose that where we become so obsessed, I guess, with the fear of failure that we don't try anything? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all been there. Do you think it's when other people start to share their opinion about you that it starts to sink in and you get a little less happy about yourself? Do you know right. what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, that could come from a teacher who maybe didn't like you in grade school or whatever, but like you start to see these things from other people's eyes instead of just when you're super little, you don't know enough to think about it from somebody else's point of view, right? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's a really good point. I. I want to pivot here a little bit. I am obsessed with morning routines. Now, whether you get up at, I I personally get up at 4.30 every morning because I have two toddlers and I really love drinking my coffee in peace. And then, or if you get up at noon, whenever you get up, what does your morning routine like? Because, or look look like, because I, I know women especially, like we need that time. Like we need that time to set the tone for the day. And especially- successful entrepreneurs. I love, I love hearing what, what your morning routine looks like. Again, no matter when it starts at what time of day, what does your morning routine look like? Well, so I refuse to get up before 7am. <laughs> and if I'm, if, if I'm doing really well, okay. Because again, peaks and valleys, sometimes I do really well. And sometimes I don't, if I'm doing really well, I get up at seven and I do a workout video for about 30 minutes. I have two different apps on my phone, so I don't go to the gym anymore. But anyway, what's your favorite workout video? So I like the app Tone It Up. I really like those girls that run Tone It Up. I think they're awesome entrepreneurs to follow and inspiring fitness instructors. And then I just recently got, I believe it's Open Fit maybe, to those two. So I just kind of go back and forth between whatever on-demand workout they have at the time, right? So I like those. So I work out for about 20, 30 minutes. Then I make my coffee. And then about 7.45, I wake up my youngest because he likes to 
take a shower before school. My oldest likes to do it the night before. So I wake up my youngest, who is a 10th grader. Um, and then I wait another 15 minutes and wake up my oldest. And then typically I try to, you know, make them breakfast, get them going, get them out the door. And then once they're out the door, I sit down at my desk and work the rest of the day. So I used awesome. to actually, I don't know if I should share this, but I used to actually. <laughs> Please do now. You have to. I have to now. So until I was, until COVID, okay, literally for years, like before I should have been watching the show all the way till like 2020, every single day at 1230, I would eat lunch and watch The Young and the Restless. So that oh was my God. I know that we, we all have our guilty pleasures to get us through the day. We need, we all need afternoon perks. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> whatever works, right? <laughs> okay, so I want to hear more about this, but on a different level. You have two kids. You mm-hmm. launched a very successful business. Being a mom in and of itself is a uh-huh. full-time job, let alone a stay-at-home mom who's working from home. Because let's be honest, if you're working from home, you're a stay-at-home mom. Right. You're just trying to like juggle all the things. And so what... Touch on that. Like you have your soap, your 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 afternoon soap to watch, but like what did it look like? Like what were some of the challenges that you were faced with? Because I know for me, like mom guilt, and you and I have talked about this. I have mom guilt all the freaking time. Like if I'm working, I'm not with my kids. If I'm with my kids, I'm not working. If the house is clean, I missed an opportunity to be with my kids. If the mm-hmm. house is a mess, then my kids might be happy. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, mine be so definitely a real thing. And um, I do know that, you know, mine are teenage years. So I'm a little bit further in that. Um, and that does kind of get better because once they get teenagers, they they kind of do their own thing themselves. Like they don't want to hang out with me. You know what I mean? Which helps. I'm, I'm like, my mind is blown that my kids will be able to buckle their own seatbelt at some point of their life. Well, they will be. And both of mine drive. So I don't have to drive them anywhere anymore. I mean, you just have to carve out time for both. I mean, you know, when mine would go down for a nap or when they would be at preschool, I would work, 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 work until I had to pick them up. Right. I may not have gotten as much done back then, but you have to just take those baby steps and do what you can while you're in that stage. Then mine went to school all day long. So I worked, 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 worked from the time they went to school at 8 a.m. till I had to pick them up at 3.30 like work, 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 work. And then it was family time. I've never been someone who stays up late, like never, never, never. So literally I would work until time for them to come home from school, help them with schoolwork, make dinner, watch a little TV, go to bed kind of thing. I, I was never the one that stayed up until two, three, four a.m. working. It just isn't me. I'm not productive at that time of day, but I know people that do, right? Like once they put their kids to bed, that's when they work. So whatever works for you, it's about carving out that time. And you know, if they're sleeping, you can't do anything with them anyway. If they're at school, you can't do anything. Like, you know, that kind of relieves some of the mom guilt. So it was fine for me to work then. So that kind of helped a lot because it's not like I was working while they were like on their iPad. That would make me feel a little more guilty, right? Right. So, and then like I say, now they're teenagers and they're in school all day long and then they're at baseball practice or javelin practice or whatever, whichever one has. Um, and then they're hanging out with their friends. I mean, I definitely still try to do dinner and I definitely watch a little TV and go to bed every night. Same thing. I don't work all night long, but I have that long stretch during the day where I, I make uh, literally, I mean, you guys can't see it because they're not on video, but I literally make a to-do list every day. Love to-do list. 
I just stick to it. And whatever I don't get done, I move it to the next day. That's awesome. And I, we're, my, my, Mike and I are going to be homeschooling our boys. And so that is going to be something we really have to navigate because we, we aren't going to get that break. And there, there are times when I'm like, man, public school would be a lot easier. But again, like that's why we became entrepreneurs is to live the life that we want. And that's homeschooling our kids and traveling. So it is totally. Aren't you doing a co-op? And doesn't that mean maybe some days they're with Yes. I don't know. Is that how that works? Yeah. Once they get older, I mean, our kids are four and two now. So right, we're literally right, right. doing like preschool homeschooling, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. playing in the snow right now. But yeah, once they get into a groove, the family that we're doing the co-op with, they're also entrepreneurs. And so yeah. it's nice that we can hopefully, you know, give each other time to pursue our own passions outside right. of our kids. And, and I think that's so important for for moms to be able to do. So Leslie, aside from your afternoon 1230 soap opera lunch date, <laughs> what like what are some of your quirkiest yeah. habits? Because I like we all have our, our own habits and they can be, you know, like working out every morning at, you know, for 30 minutes. I do not stay up late either, but I'm also mm-hmm. not somebody who can get up and work out. I, I will get up and go to yoga. I will not get up and work out. And I also cannot get up and look at the computer screen or I'm like depressed for the rest of the day. Yeah, um, yeah, but so what, what is one of your quirkiest habits? Oh gosh. What is a quirky habit of mine? I mean, I, d- does it count that I actually write things I've already done on my to-do list just so I can check them off? I do too. It's so gratifying to be like, I'm ahead of the game and checking stuff off. I mean, I definitely love to watch TV if you can't figure that out yet. But um, so I definitely have my, like <laughs> nightly like shows, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, that's kind of quirky. Like I don't love to miss my shows and uh, or the ones that I like. And I don't love people talking while I'm trying to watch my show. Like that'll drive me insane. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Silly stuff like that. I'm a huge, I also love to shop. So I'm constantly at my son's baseball game shopping when I'm supposed to be watching. Don't tell anybody. Uh, <laughs> that is so funny. You are totally a girl mom. I love it. But you have two boys. You were you were blessed with two, two boys. boys. <laughs> One day maybe yeah, you'll have daughter-in-law. Oh God, I kind of dread the daughter-in-law stage. <laughs> because what if I get a terrible one? Oh, I don't want a daughter-in-law. I'm like, please don't get me in for a long time. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I guess I haven't, I mean, again, my kids are so young that I haven't even thought that far out. Like, you know, there's like, you know, we, we have jokes with like our, our friends' daughters and we're like, oh, Linda, you can go to prom yeah. together. But yeah, the thought of actually having somebody permanently in our family, I guess I haven't, I haven't, that's no. uncharted territory so far. <laughs> Well, I'll let you know how it goes. Hopefully Thank it'll you. go well for me one day. And, you know, because obviously mine will hit that mark before yours does. So That's so can, funny. You can see how it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. Okay. So I want to know, Leslie, what what does self-care, like backslash self-love look like for you? Because we're in a, we're, I feel like we're in a transition and maybe you can touch on this or, or not transition, but a huge shift mm-hmm. where women are being encouraged now to take care of themselves as a mom, as an entrepreneur, as just a woman, as a human being, like we are, I think getting more permission to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? And like, is it something that you feel confident in? Or is it like an afterthought? Do you think because you're running two very successful businesses, you've you're a mom, you cook dinner, dinner is big in our home too. Like we have dinner together every night. What does that look like for you? 
I um so I really really love my girl weekends with my high school friends and really they were elementary school friends before they were high school friends so I think nurturing those friendships really helps me I love the fact that we're all still friends and we don't get to see each other as much as you know as maybe we once did but we try to take a trip once twice a year they all actually still live in my hometown where my parents still live so every time I go see my parents I also have a little time with my, like, I'll leave my kids with my parents and go visit with my friends. So I also think friendships with fellow entrepreneurs like us and our friend Anastasia, and I have a couple of other groups that I I think that is super awesome because, you know, they can understand and you can understand like when I, I mean, earlier I was (laughs) talking to you about something I wasn't super stoked about. So, but I had you to talk to about, right? So I think that helps to be able to vent, run something by somebody else. Just knowing you have that support is self-care to me. Like knowing I have somebody that I can ask or I can say, oh my gosh, I'm like, I can be real with. And like, even if I have a bad attitude, you can say, Leslie, you're having a bad attitude. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Right. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's self-care. I definitely like moments alone. I'm, I'm definitely outgoing, but I'm also an introvert. So I like quiet moments. And I think that's part of self-care. Like I can be on, on, on all day long and then I need a minute to myself. So if I can grab a minute, whatever that is, and if it's just sitting here or if it's watching TV or if it's, you know, going for a walk with the dog, those things are important to me. And I also just feel like as a mom, you're still a person. You're still a woman. You are still, you don't give up that identity. Like I just never... I mean, I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, but I never wanted to just be a mom. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, no, I felt so guilty about it because I was like, I love being a mom, but like, I got to create things and I've got to have this outlet where I love, I love working. I love the work that I do. And I felt guilty about that for a while because I didn't want to be home all day with my kids. Right. And I know that, but you know, I've heard that from other moms. I have one of my other, uh, friends that I Marco Polo all day long with, like you, Um, she was, she has a younger kid and she was just talking about that. And she kind of gave up her photography business for a little while while she had her baby and now her baby's two. Um, And she's just now getting back into it. And she sent us a polo that said, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to sound like I don't love my daughter. And I do, I love her to death. But at the same time, I really like doing this business and I like that time, you know, and we all chimed in and we're like, yeah, we do too. Like it's a creative outlet. We have to still feel like a human. We have to still feel like, you know, we're the woman we're meant to be. And part of that is being a mom. A huge right. part of my identity is being a mom. But I'm not just a mom. I'm also a wife. I'm a friend. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a photographer. I'm a, you know, all those things. So I think self-care for me just means being able to do those things all of those things and be the complete person I'm supposed to be. I love that. And I, I will attest being an entrepreneur is outrageously isolating because you, you're, you're at home, you're making all these decisions solo. Sometimes you, you, you might have a partner. I'm very lucky that Mike and I can work together and he's in this business world with me. And so I can, I can bounce ideas off of him, but like, it's really isolating and it's really hard to be an entrepreneur and try to go through it alone. And so I'm outrageously grateful for the friends that I have both in the photography world 
and in the coaching and mentoring world because they they're I, I need different things from each group. Right. And I would say, um, you know, if somebody, if somebody wanted advice for self-care, that would be my advice. Go find yourself one, two, three, whatever friends that do something similar to you so that you have that support because that kind of self-care keeps you going. Just knowing between me, so me, you and Anastasia, and, um, we have our Marco Polo going. And I just told you all this morning, I talked to you guys more than anybody else in my life, except my husband. But I think each one of us this week has cried on our, on our Marco Polo. We're just like, and then we apologize. And then our next Marco is, I didn't mean to say, sorry, I'm not sorry for feeling and crying, but it's, it's just so, it's so amazing. That's a beautiful way to practice self-care. That is awesome. Awesome advice. And I, I want to know, Leslie, your friend who led with, I don't want people to like, I love my daughter, mm-hmm. but why do we do that? Because I freaking do that. Like, I love my kids, but I can't wait to like go shoot this wedding and like feel like myself again. And I love my kids, but I need to, why do we lead with that? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just generations of doing that you know, before us or whatever, but we shouldn't feel bad. And it actually should never even be a question that we don't love our kids just exactly. because we we'll do something else. I mean, it should never be a question. So I don't know why we do it, but I would love for us to stop doing that and, you know, just be okay with, I, I can go do this and still be a mom and still be this, that, and the other. Absolutely. I do want to know, like on the subject of self-care and self-love what and since you love shopping what purchase of let's say like a hundred dollars or less in the last year has had the greatest impact on you I don't want to plant any seeds but like a book or like a product or something that just like really impacted you and like last let's say since last January February Uh, March something silly and that is my Mm -hmm. coffee cup that has a little heating pad because I (gasps) want coffee like a thousand times a day and so it keeps my coffee warm (laughs) that's amazing no that's great I mean hey if it improves your like quality of life (laughs) that's incredible I love it is it one that you can plug into your car and like recharge while you're driving no it's um it's so I'm really picky about what type of cup I drink my coffee out of I don't like anything but a mug like a good old classic coffee mug but coffee mugs don't keep your coffee warm, right? No, they are crap for insulation. Crap for that. So there was this purchase on Amazon that I actually saw on somebody's Instagram. Okay, so Instagram is good for certain things, right? Uh, it's good for a lot of stuff, but you know what I mean. Anyway, and it's one that it has like, it's almost like a little hot plate and it plugs into the wall and it's like a coaster sitting on your desk and you just put your cup, it came with a cup too, and you just put it on that coaster and while it's sitting there, it's it's warming it up and then you drink it and you put it back down and it warms it back up kind of thing. That's amazing. Ooh, I need to get one of those. I just got my first Yeti and I'm so excited uh-huh. about it because it actually keeps things warm and it has a lid and my kids yeah, have knocked yeah, it over a hundred times already. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Those Yetis you got with the logo are awesome. Yes. I love them. Okay. So I feel like, I feel like we're almost, we're almost at the end. I want to end every episode with this question and I, it just it's just a question that I feel like humanizes the person behind the business so much. So, Leslie, when was the last time you didn't feel like enough? Uh, five minutes before this podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. We were just we were yeah, just yeah, Marco right. poloing. 
I mean, true, right? I didn't feel like I was I was frustrated and um, didn't feel like what I was offering was enough because of some feedback I was getting, not negative feedback, but it just, it did, it made me feel like not enough for sure. I mean, absolutely. So yeah, I would say, you know, unfortunately it happens again, it goes back to the ebbs and flows and, you know, throughout a day I can feel like not enough and then feel really good about myself all on the same day. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and, and it fluctuates. Like I, I think we think of ebbs and flows is like really consistent, but they can be like 40 times a day. And then you dip for a week and then you come up for a month and like, there's no consistency with it. Oh my gosh, Leslie, I have loved this so much. I want to know if you can share with everybody, we'll put them in the show notes, but where can people reach you? And do you want to tell us a little bit about the the Spokesmodel Academy program that you have already designed that is like ready to rock for anybody who wants to hone in on senior photography? Yeah, sure. So seniorology.com is spelled S-E-N-I-O-R-O-L-O-G-I-E. It's like, uh, <laughs> I know it's so hard, but it's I-E instead of Y. Um, so that's just the main difference because, you know, anthropology is with a Y. And I picked that name because it is the study of senior photography. So you will find all things senior photography, podcasts, blog posts, free resources, a store and some courses, which the spokes model program is one of the courses, um, which teaches you how to create and run a successful spokes model team in order to market your business to your target market, which is seniors if you're on seniorology, right? Um, yes. There's a couple of other courses on there. There's a coaching program if you need more in-depth um, so Spokesmodel Program Academy is strictly for spokesmodels, but if you need everything to do with senior photography, the semester is my coaching program. So, but there's also just tons of free resources because again, I just believe in helping as much as possible uh, because I didn't have the help when I started. So I hope that even if you just check out some of the free resources or listen to the podcast, it gets you further in your business than if you hadn't stumbled upon seniorology at all. So Thank you so much, Leslie. And I, I totally agree. The reason I got into coaching was because there was nobody around whenever I got started, which again was shortly after you started. And thankfully, we're, we, we have this shift in our culture where you don't have to go to college and have a degree to be able to teach people right. what you just spent 10 freaking years learning and falling and picking back up and crying yourself to sleep. Skip all that and get from point A to point B so much faster. Yep. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, why not help other people, right? It's It only betters our industry as a whole. So Exactly. Oh my gosh, Leslie, thank you so, so much for being here. We're going to put how to contact Leslie in the show notes. I'm so excited about this episode and I hope that you guys listeners took away as much as I did. I, you know, Leslie and I are friends and I feel like I got to know you so much more today on this call. <laughs> Yay. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm very honored that I was one of your first interviews. So thank you. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Awesome. Well, Leslie, you have an awesome day and I'm sure I will pick back up with you here at Marco Polo in the next like 10 minutes. But thank okay. you guys so much for listening and we will see you on the next episode. Take care.